expanding the Nerdosphere, talking about everything you want to hear. From comics to cosplay, from the cinematic universe to fan films and everything in between. It's time to get down and nerdy. Here are your hosts, James Witham and Nick Pataglia. Episode 39 of Down and Nerdy is here and it's the holidays. So when we say ho, 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 we're not talking about the Warriors 3. Or playing Grand Theft Auto, because I well, love, I love, dude, tell me this, when you were first playing Grand Theft Auto, okay, and you found out you could pick up a hooker, what was your first reaction? My first reaction was, really? Okay. <laughs> that was you exactly know, my reaction. When I first played, my, my brother knows this, when I first played Grand Theft Auto, it was the first, it was the third one, and I literally didn't know that there were missions, I thought your whole focus of the game was to get your wine level up. Oh, I did too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm retarded. But I'm the Merc with one arm, Nick Pataglia, alongside. And I'm James Witham. Happy to be here for episode 39. And, and we've said this a few times, and you tweeted this out earlier, that uh, it feels like we've done a thousand of these things already. It really does, because we're one away from 40. We're trying to get something going for you know a big event going for our 50th episode, which I think we think will be in February. Um, but we'll give more on the math on that. But no, it, it's just... You know, every week when we sit down and do this, it's like, it does. It feels like a thousand have passed by. It feels like, honestly, right now, Taiwan Comic Con feels like an eternity ago. It really does. And, you know, it's it's funny because we met so many great people there. And um, I actually saw on Twitter that we are on a uh, podcast to watch uh, for a host of the BBC over in the UK. Really? Uh, so we're on a list of podcasts to watch in 2015. So that's very cool. Just found that. I actually had not told Nick that until just now, live on the show, because I wanted to get his reaction. I found I'm that going out to last Facebook night. Facebook and tweet the shit out of that. I found that out <laughs> last night. I can't remember the host's name. So if you're listening, I apologize. We'll uh, I'll go back on Twitter and I'll and I'll find that information. But I found that out yet uh, the other day that we were on. Uh, one of the hosts of the BBC's uh, 2015 podcast to watch on Twitter. So I thought that was very cool. Wow, that's that's really awesome. That's nope. that's 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 an honor. That just shows like how big we've gotten and just you know everybody loves what we do each week. And like I said, it's because of you guys and because of the people who make that list that we're able to do what we do every week and enjoy it and bring joy into people's homes and hearts and. Oh, God, it's like Christmas all over again, except I'm not drunk. And it's funny because, you know, it, it, you know we've got a lot of fans locally here in the, in the Virginia Beach area, but I think that, you know, it's we try to tell people that we're worldwide, and this is, we're oh, not yeah. joking around here. This is real. I mean, we love our fans in the UK. we got plenty of listeners uh, over there across the pond, and we, and we love them. We love our listeners in Germany, Luxembourg, you know, all over Asia. Spain. You're, you're there. We appreciate you spreading the word and being part of the what we call what we're starting to call the down and nerdy nation because it's true <laughs> yeah uh, except since we're worldwide I, I don't know down nerdy world I don't know, it doesn't sound as good so yeah i think a nation works good yeah nation just kind of encompasses because you know we're all together here we're this all is, together this is, a, this is our space that's what we call that our nation there, this is our in space. our nation there are no walls between those of trek and star wars that everybody is equal. That's right. It's okay to love everything. It's funny because I was actually at Bob's the other day at uh, Fantasy Escape Comics and Cards in Aragona Boulevard in Virginia Beach. And I was talking to a guy there. And um, he was trying to get the Death Wolverine series because he hadn't right. read it yet. And uh, I said, so you're a Marvel guy or a DC guy? And he said, you know what? 
I don't like to do that. He said, I just love it all. And I was like, you know right. what? Thank you. Yeah. Like, I'm a Marvel guy, you know, James, even said you're a DC guy, but I, you know, like on my profile, whatever, wherever people ask me, I say, you know, I'm a Marvel guy, but I read all publishers. You know, I'm not, right. you know, I read Image, I read The Independence, you know, some of my favorite books are independent, but oh, I mean, yeah. and a lot of our friends in the industry are independent, so, you know, and, and it's, it's really, really awesome. And, um, no, it, I, I think in today's day and age, it's stupid to have a preference. I think if you go back to like the 80s or the 90s when like DC and Marvel, you know, had their thing, you know, you had the two factions pretty much. And mm-hmm. Independents weren't as big back then. Okay, it was kind of okay to have that. But nowadays when you have all these movies and TV shows which you get to later in Geektainment, you know, it's it's today's society, it's much more understanding and acceptable, I think, to just, you know, hey, it's okay if you like all of them. It's not bad. You know what? Now, if you're a guy, you like My Little Pony, Frenchman's Magic uh, comic book, we might have to have a talk a little bit because, you know, I mean, that's, you know, whatever you like, you like, but I mean, hey, you know. You're going to have to explain that to me. Yeah. That's that's all I ask. That's all I ask. Just explain it. Well, you have to keep this in mind, too, when you're you're making your preferences here, that, that it's a war for them. Oh yeah, not us. It it's kind of, you know, they're the ones in competition with each other because it's a business, and every business has their rival. You know, every every Coke has their Pepsi kind of thing. So, every Burger King has a McDonald's. Every Rose has its thorn. Exactly. So I mean, it's a competition for them, not for us. So I don't understand why, why they're. Well, I mean, it's it's nerd. It's the nerd culture anyway to get in arguments about stuff. But I don't yep. understand why. You know, you've got people that are. Clearly, Marvel people they, or clearly people, DC people. Because people like to bitch. I think. And one final thing I'll say about this before we get to our Thanksgivings. Um, it's I think it's it's they want to feel inferior to tell other things. It's the inferiority complex. They want to be like, well, I'm better. I am this. You know, mm. it's that's what it is. It's 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 a big dick measuring contest. Except it's this case is measured in volumes and not inches. And in this, and they also want to. Everybody likes to pretend that they know more than the next guy. Oh yeah, that's the other it's thing. Like, that it's like always learning. It's like there's not yeah. like one. It's not, there's not a fucking watcher out there that I can see and knows every little thing about every little right. comic. You know, if someone came up to me and started talking about Deadpool, I can in a glance call it out if they're caught saying bullshit on something because I've been reading Deadpool for a while. But like, you know, certain things I don't know. You know, but one thing I do know though, James, is that Thanksgiving was last week. I had to work it at my retail job. It was fucking hell. Let me just say this. If you are somebody who on Thanksgiving says, I am thankful for my family and this and that, and you go out and buy shit at a store, fuck you. <laughs> you are a goddamn hypocrite. Here's here's my thing. Um, and, and I know Matt Slay said something about that on Facebook too, which I thought was really funny. You know, here's my thing. If you are not buying stuff for yourself... Or if you're going out with your family and this is just what you do. Because for some people, this is part of their tradition to go out shopping on Black Friday. Now, Thanksgiving Day, no. I draw the line there. Not Thanksgiving Day. That's my point. Like, I don't yeah. think it's Black Friday. Black Friday, you know, I would be a hypocrite because if I said I was against Black Friday because I was once on the opposite line of those doors waiting for the stores to open when I was in high school and the first couple of years in college. So no, it's 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 from a retail standpoint of you know opening on Thanksgiving and, and you know seeing what your fans saying we're thankful for being healthy and this and that and then you go out and you buy whatever even if it's for somebody else it's still the fact that 
it's time you should right. be spending with your family and you're not. Even if you're at the store, you know, it's like, okay, I'm with my family at the store, but it's like, but you're not, you don't get the fact of like, that's right. not what the exam is about. Exactly. You could be with your family at the store, it's one thing, but being in your home, playing games, just talking, having a conversation with your family instead of, hey, go find the shorts or go find the, the jackets 30% right. off. Then you know that's much more meaningful. That's what I'm gooding about. But other than that, no, it was pretty good. I went to my uncle's. Now my uncle had lunch made. He didn't have the actual Thanksgiving dinner, so I didn't actually get to eat turkey this year, which is oh, fine. Man, no, no. Let me tell you something. My uncle he had tacos. My uncle is a hell of a cook. He makes some kick-ass barbecue. Dude, he made pulled pork tacos. They're fucking amazing. Oh wow! So you had a little bit of a different Thanksgiving experience then. Hell yeah. Oh, that works then. I mean, every now and then you got to switch it up. We, we so, kind of do that at Christmas is where so, we, we always so, do something different. So what the women do is the Jameson get put, dressed up as the pilgrim and, uh, <laughs> you know, Pam says an Indian and James was just a turkey at the table or what'd you do? We actually had him in his My First Thanksgiving uh, I saw that too. That had now, little check marks I, on now it. I got a question. Did your mom get that for him? Because I remember the last yes. thing that was checked was my grandmother and... I had a feeling your mom got it for her. Yep, she absolutely did, and, and she was here, and uh, Pam's dad was here, and we always like to do something small and low-key on Thanksgiving, and then Christmas is when we get a lot more people together, but I like a, I like a nice low-key Thanksgiving, plus I am very selfish when it comes to my leftovers. Of course you are. You're the, I, now, are you yeah. the kind of guy that keeps turkey in the fridge, like after it gets all slimy five days later and says, you know what, I still got to eat, eat my turkey because it's I can't waste it? Well, remember that I went out of town on Friday. Oh, you did? You were in Florida. So I did not get to have my turkey sandwich the by next the, day. By, by the way, quick thing that I saw from the stadium that you guys were in, there literally was probably about 12 people in that stadium. There were more people at the first Tidewater Comic Con than there <laughs> were at the scam. And that's no and that's no knock on you, Mike Federale. You did a great job with the first one. There was a ton of people there, but when you're talking about a stadium that's supposed to seat like thirty thousand, yeah, that, that should tell you all you need to know right there. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. So you're in Florida, and it was the last game, right? Yeah, it was the last. It was the last one. You know, the whole we won't get into the whole sports thing because not everybody's into it. But the whole bowl eligible thing, yes, they're bowl eligible, but doesn't look like they're going to make one. So yeah, this was the last game. Yep, and then I wrapped up mine with my school too. So um, you know, football season is pretty much over for us now. We're, I'm heading to basketball season. I'm working basketball games now. But outward and forward, you know, my Thanksgiving was all right. Now it's how we're in the holiday season now, and you know, it's kind of you know. Here's the thing: people know that I'm single, but here's the thing: now that it's getting to the holiday season, I'm kind of worried about getting to a relationship now. Not because I'm cheap, but because it's like <laughs> it's like. Okay, we've been dating for two weeks. Oh, God. Um, shit, now I got to spend like $500 on you. Like, That's funny. <laughs> you know? see, see, I disagree there, though. If you're that new into a relationship, yeah. I don't think you need to blow it out for the first no. Christmas or birthday. Like, no, if you've you been will, dating for less than settle. a month. No, you will settle for that for that uh, dinner at McDonald's. God damn it! That's, That's right. You, 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 will, know, hey. you will go to Chuck E. Cheese and you will like it. Oh, hell yeah. Who needs a you know my my friend up in New York Nicole um, she put made a Christmas tree she set up a Christmas tree and for her topper she put a Darth Vader helmet I saw that yeah I and saw that you said that fucking phenomenal so it made me figure see I have a tree in my I don't really want to call it a shed but you know in my uh, uh, little back holding area in my apartment and 
I'm like, you know what? I might forego that. Just go out, buy a lightsaber, and make a fucking uh, uh, Festivus pole out of it. There you go. A, a Star Wars Festivus lightsaber pole. I like that idea. I like that. Hell idea. yeah. So, Hell yeah. But, but back to the whole. Uh, I find, because I find Wookiees distracting. Yes. Absolutely. It'd be very interesting feats of strength using the force. <laughs> <It really would. laughs> um, but no, if you're that early on in a relationship, hey, if you, if your lady decided to tell you, hey, you know, we haven't been going out for that long. Let's just go to Dave and Buster's and, and have fun. Oh, like, hell yeah. Week of Christmas. You'll take that. Yeah, you yeah. will take that because that would be a, that would be an awesome day, and I can only imagine how much fun it would be to spend a holiday week at Dave and Buster's. Uh, I, my payday is tomorrow. I so I think I think I'm honestly going to go to Dave and Buster's tomorrow and just play Batman all day. Yeah, why not? I think I am. Why not just be that guy that hogs it the entire time while people stand there tapping their cards on the back of your seat, wondering yep. when the hell you're going to get up? It's like what are you doing? It's like shut up, damn it! I haven't used all the Batmobiles yet. I'm only on the fucking Keaton. I'm trying to deal with Mr. Freeze right now, and you're distracting me. Yeah. Jesus. Get off my ass, people. If you, didn't, if you wanted to play the game before, you should have called, uh, you know, dibs on it. But no. Nope. Right. You should have gotten here early when nobody was here. Yep, exactly. But that's going to do it for our first segment and what we did this weekend. Come up next. It's what we're reading. Got two new comics. Stay tuned. Down there to come up next. Well, it's that time again, nerds and nerdettes alike, where we... Get out those long boxes because it's time for what we're reading. Presented by Fantasy Escape Comics and Cards and Aragorn Boulevard in Virginia Beach. And James, since I went first last week, you go first this week. I'm going to do something that usually is your forte. You went back in time, didn't I you? I did. I went back in time because I saw something uh, when I was looking at what comics were going to be coming out this week. I saw that they were doing a special reissue of the first chapter of Batman Hush. Okay. The graphic novel. So what I did was I've already got the graphic novel here at home. So what I decided to do was go back and just read that graphic novel because I actually haven't read it all the way through yet. So Which I just is pretty cool because in Batman Eternal, Hush is like the he's the main villain in Batman Eternal. It's got really really good. Right. Exactly. And this is actually kind of like the 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 first introduction of how just how evil. Hush can be, and it. I now I'm only going to review chapter one. I'm not going to review the whole thing because that would take all show. But it was written by, <laughs> by Jeff Loeb's inks by Scott Williams, pencils by the Jim Lee, and colors by Alex Sinclair. And I appreciate that everybody that was working on this project had names that I could pronounce easily. So I appreciate yes. that. Uh, but it starts out where uh, Batman's actually trying to save a kidnapped boy who was uh, kidnapped by Killer Cl Killer Croc. Now, this boy has ties to a very rich family. He's an heir to the Lamont Chemical Corporation, which is tied to LexCorp. Now, I'm not going to go into the whole story for the chapter here, but there's very much a... Uh, a lot of villains are involved right away. Uh, Killer Croc's involved. Catwoman's involved. Poison Ivy's involved. Uh, and, and Batman can kind of tell everybody's acting really strangely. They're acting very out of character for themselves. <laughs> like like Catwoman, she had she had kind of like she was kind of going on the straight and narrow, and then uh, now she's stealing again because she stole the and ransom she, money from and, Killer Croc. And she's now a dog lover. Yeah, exactly. The, everything's just very different. Poison Ivy's even acting weird because she's hitting on Catwoman, which was very interesting. And she also has calamine lotion. Yeah, and and that just doesn't work out for her at all. It but doesn't. Negates everything she stands for. One of the big wow moments of the first of this first chapter was basically uh, Batman's chasing Catwoman on rooftops, and you know he's swinging on the bat rope, and then the bat rope just gets cut inexplicably while he's chasing after her. So he's falling, 
He tries to grab onto one of those gargoyles that seem to be on every building in Gotham <laughs> City for some reason. Yeah, yeah um, which was, and by the way, Gargoyles was an awesome Disney show back in the 90s. Yes, it was. That that show definitely worked it out. Uh, but then the gargoyle breaks. So there was a great line by uh, by Jeff Loeb in the comic for the, you know, they do the internal monologue right. for Batman pretty much in every issue. And he said, first, my body failed me, and now my city has failed me as well. <laughs> a little bit of a hint to Oliver Queen. I mean, great if line. you think about it, which yeah. is great. Great line. So he falls all the way to the street level, basically. Oh, shit. So they're trying to find out if he's dead. And Oracle is is in his ear, by the way. So he's laying in the in the street in Crime Alley, by the way. Oh, that's fun. So a great place to be. So he's laying there motionless. We don't know if he's gonna get unmasked. We don't know if they're gonna they're gonna shoot him. And right before some guy shoots him, he's saved by the Huntress. Ooh, which was very interesting. And Huntress has had has this whole. You know, I'm not accepted by the Bat family kind of thing going on, but she still saves the day. She's kind of like, okay, here's how I view the Huntress. Because like I said, I'm a big Deadpool fan. It's kind of like when Deadpool says, I'm an Avenger, and they're like, you're not an Avenger. It's like, Huntress like, I want to be part of the Bat family, but I'm not. And it's funny because in Batman's internal monologue, he's he's watching her because he can't move and he can't talk, but he can still see what's going on. Right. Um, so he says, you know, he doesn't. she doesn't know how good she can really be kind of thing so he has a great respect for her and what she can do but he's like you know if only she knew how good she could be if she wasn't so angry all the time right and he said she reminds me a lot of me when i was first starting out kind of thing and that's kind of where the first chapter ends of course of course i read on but (laughs) um i I won't get into that because i I don't want to spoil any of it but there's very much a chess game of chess theme throughout uh, throughout this graphic novel, and it's very cool kind of underlay to the whole storyline because, of course, you know Hush is involved because it's called Batman Hush, for God's sake. Right. So you know that that's going to happen. But- By the way, I, I want to do a little bit of a tangent. Um, so as I mentioned, you know, we, we talked about Hush and stuff like that and how he's with Batman Eternal, and we know Arkham Knight's coming out in June, mm-hmm. and I think this is why I think Hush is the Arkham Knight because there's a panel in not this week's Batman Turn, but last week's. And Hush puts on his Batman-esque armor, and he has the helmet and everything else. And I'm like, dude, he looks like fucking Arkham Knight. Mm-hmm. I so mean, I think that's where right. we're going to go. I'm starting to, I'm starting to wonder more and more if that's the case. I mean, it, it, people don't realize how important Hush is in Hush the Batman is, mythos. Honestly, Hush has become probably my favorite next to, like, Honestly, I think and people say, oh, the Joker is my favorite Batman villain. Mr. Freeze is my favorite Batman villain of all time. I think I would put him at – I would put uh, Mr. Freeze at one, Joker at two. I'd probably put Hush at three. You know, I don't think that Joker is my favorite Batman villain of all time, but I think Joker is the most respected Batman Well, he's the most villain. recognizable villain yeah, of all because, comics. Because he's caused so many problems for so long. It's hard to not put him up. You know what? We'll actually have to do a show about this and rank the rank the Batman villains and just yeah. talk Batman villains at some point because yeah. that's really so, a way to talk about So is this, a, is this a, a buy? Is this a, you know... Well, I'll say that the Jim Lee's pencils were, were amazing. I mean, uh, you expect that from him, but they, they were absolutely amazing. The way he draws each character and the detail he puts into it, huge amount of respect. The internal monologue written by Jeff Loeb, and you know the dialogue too, but especially the internal monologue for, from Batman, it really keeps you 
keeps you inside his head and keeps the story moving. So I would pick this up. Absolutely. Don't even, I mean, you could spend the dollar. I think it's a dollar for the first chapter that you can get uh, right. at your local shops this week. So if you want to read just the first chapter to make sure you, you're going to like it, you're going to like this. Pick up the graphic novel. I'm sure that you can order that at your local shops as well. Definitely worth the read. But, you know, Nick, I thought I knew what you were going to be reading this week. And then you ran ahead and you threw me a curveball. I did. You thought I was going to read, which was our pick of the week, which was Thanos versus Hulk, which I did buy and I did read it and I did enjoy it, but I decided to go a different route. However, I'm still staying, staying with my Marvel family. I decided to go Axis number one. Oh, very interesting. Reason why it was because our main topic this week, we're talking about these big arc events and their ties to the different series and everything else. And is that a good thing or a bad thing? But I'm focusing on the main story. Now, there's already six issues out. I'm on number one. And, it, of course, it's by Marvel. And Rick Re- uh, Remender did the writing. Adam Cooper did the art. I'm going to say this. The art for it is really, really good. It's really, really good art. Okay. All right. um, now, here's the lead-up to it. Because it's not really the plot. It's more of the, about the lead-up. So, Cyclops is overcome by the Phoenix entity. I believe you had to read like some of the X Men comics or really get the whole story arc because that's so how like the prelude. So like the prelude, yeah, the pre- kind of thing. yeah, pretty much. And so Cyclops is overcome by the Phoenix entity. He kills Charles Xavier, and Red Skull steals Xavier's brain and uses it to incite a war between man and humans via its psychic abilities. And by doing so, what he ends up doing, as you see in the comics, is if you read your different comics is like he's turned the world technically on its axis where yeah, good guys are trying to be good, you know, more bad. They're turning against one another. For example, for reading Nightcrawler, um, it ended the last issue where Nightcrawler is about to fight the X-Men because of everything that's happening with axis, uh, and stuff like that. And so you're looking at this and the same thing happened with Deadpool too, um, with the X-Men. And so Magneto, by the way, Colin Bond Magneto is literally the best Marvel run out there, I think. Um, he kills Red Skull, and in an explosion, he, the Red Skull transforms into this big, huge monstrosity called the Red Onslaught. Wow. So, fast forward to you know what happens in Axis number one. Now, it starts off with the Avengers, and they're taking on Plant Man. They're in Los Angeles, and it's kind of like, you know, it looks like a, a forgotten city, pretty much, from what Plant Man has done. And the Falcons now Captain America... And he's not getting much respect from Thor. And all of a sudden, all of the Avengers just start fighting each other. Like, Iron Man starts blasting the Wasp with his beams and everything else. And um, they're attacking each other. Meanwhile, the X-Men are battling Red Onslaught. And pretty much, um, you know, the X-Men has, like, Scarlet Witch and Rogue, who are primarily taking on Red Onslaught. And Red Onslaught kind of controls uh, Scarlet Witch. And it's kind of pretty cool. And one thing I've noticed in this, and this is one of the like I said, the pros is that the art's great and the most of the X-Men are good. But the thing is when you get to the Avengers, when the Avengers are into the fold or into their panels, it feels like, you know what? This really would work better if it was just an X-Men comic. Hmm. It really would. Because think about it. It's based in the X-Men mythology kind right. of a thing where Cyclops kills Xavier, Red Skull, you know, he's made an appearance in Magneto and everything else. 
and Magneto kills Red Skull. So I was like, why are the Avengers here? I understand the Red Skull is kind of like, you know, he's Captain America's big baddie and everything else. Yeah, but, but he's also tied into the X-Men universe and right. Magneto specifically, especially if you saw, uh, I mean, if you've read any of the earlier stuff and you see the connection that uh, that Magneto has to the Nazis, not that he was in it, but that he was his family was right. tortured by them. So, I mean, that, that and brings also, a Red Skull in right there. So. And, and Havoc plays a, good, a big role in the first issue too because he's trying to kill Magneto because he blames Magneto for the death of Cyclops interesting and so and when they said when you see the Avengers it's like it takes you out of it a little bit it's like you know I could do without Iron Man and Thor and everything else and honestly when I read the Avengers the way that it was written uh, where uh, Remedy was writing it was too jokey like I understand the Avengers go for jokes but it's like everything was just beating you over the head I felt with joke after joke then when you get to the X-Men stuff it's so serious and it's like you have my attention like this is what it should be mm-hmm. for me this is a pickup give it three issues I'm gonna do that I'm gonna pick up issues two and three probably next week um, but in all honesty I mean it's not a bad thing but like I said I think this would be totally better if it was just the X-Men versus, you know, the Red Onslaught and everybody else. I don't think we want to get too far into this because we're going to be talking about uh, main story arcs and yeah. our main topics. So I don't want to go too far into it, but it's it seems like it, th- there's that need to throw everyone together just because yeah. it's a major event. And like – and. I have like I haven't read it, but based on what you're saying, if I was a listener listening to your your review, I'd I'd be thinking the same thing. Just based on what you said, why wasn't this just an X Men event? And honestly, and here's why they bring the Avengers in, and I'm gonna get to this. And this is the ending. I'm gonna spoil it because this is issue one. This isn't issue six. You right. know what I'm saying? And you've given fair warning that we're yes. about to spoil something. So at the end of issue one, Red Onslaught and the Avengers are there, and X Men are there pretty much, and Tony Stark's there. And he's like, and it kind of reminded me of kind of like a Justice League Doom, and it kind of upset me a little bit because I felt like they ripped us off of Justice League Doom. But Red Onslaught's like, hey, Stark, remember all that, you know, Civil War info you had about all the vulnerabilities for all your, you know, Avengers friends? Well, and also on the next panel, um, two pretty much Stark Sentinels that were programmed by Stark show up and Red Onslaught uh, six them on the Avengers pretty much. Yeah, that's that's a little bit of a ripoff right there. Yeah, which I'm just like, really? Like, like really? Okay. I mean, I uh, know that kind of stuff's going to go on because there's, right. there's there's not as much, you know, there's not there's but only but so many ideas say, left. But. But, but literally one of the lines was like, the Civil War documents that had all the vulnerabilities of your friends, like the Avengers, I'm like, Okay, you just totally, I felt you totally ripped off Justice League Doom. Yep, and Iron Man being the Batman of the Marvel group kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, this is a pickup. Give it a couple more issues and see where you go from there. But that's going to do it for this week's What We're Reading segment. Coming up next is This Week in Geek Tainment. We got a lot to talk about. More down nerdy coming up next. Well, you might want to grab that extra large bucket of popcorn this week because it's a super extended edition of this week in Geek Tainment. And why, Nick? Because there are a trio of major events that just happened. There's a shit ton that just happened. The internet literally exploded last week. We could have the most viewed trailer of all all time because star wars the force awakens finally gave us that 88 second nugget and it was full of great 
Shit. You mentioned it could have been the be- it could have been the most watched. It is the most watched. It beat Avengers: Age of Ultron with fifty eight point two million views in just four days. Ultron got fifty point six million in a week. That's kind of ridiculous if you think about it. How quickly that thing just exploded. And I mean, hey, it's Star Wars, and it should tell you all you need to know. And there was just so much. And it starts out. Basically, with with Joey Boyega and Tatooine in full John John Boyega John Boyega sorry John Boyega in full not full stormtrooper garb because he doesn't have have the helmet on but standing in Tatooine and he looks very upset. He looks like he has seen some shit. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It looks like he's. It looks like there's some damage on his uh, on his suit as well. If you look th- really close. Well, well, if you watch the trailer, and one thing you'll notice is that there's a scene with a bunch of stormtroopers. And I think he's one of those stormtroopers in that ship. And I think that's why he's on, looks like Tatooine or whatever happens. It's it's almost like that. that's where they're going for whatever reason. Maybe there's like a pocket of the Empire. It's it, I'm trying to, I'm starting to wonder if this is 30, of course this is 30 years after Return of the Jedi. If things have kind of been turned over a little bit, you know, like a 180 where instead of having pockets of the Rebellion going after the Empire, if there's pockets of the Empire that are now going after the rebellion. Right. And uh, I think that, you know, it, it's hard to tell in just an 88 second trailer. Cause it's like, yeah, this was just a teaser. It wasn't really an actual full theatrical trailer that gives you right, kind of exactly. a little bit more of an insight. So it's kind of like a lot of, you know, quick shots here and there. And, you know, speaking of John Boyega, James, there's something you wanted to talk about that upset you. You know, it's kind of ridiculous because, and, and we don't like to, you know, get all racial on the show or anything. We don't like to bring up those, those major issues on the show, but there was a lot of fans that were upset that there was an African American stormtrooper. And let me just tell you something right now. First of all, grow up. So I'll, I'll just, I'll just get that out of the way right now. And I don't think I need to say any more than that, but if you're so smart and you know so much about the lineage of stormtroopers, then you should know that in the canon, in the literature, that clone troopers were phased out. Yes. Five years after the events of Revenge of the Sith. So there could be any version of a stormtrooper you want. They're, they get trained now. If you watch Star Wars Rebels, you know that there's a stormtrooper training program. So it's not like there can't be any African-American stormtroopers. So before you get all high and mighty and on your high horse and say your childhood is ruined, maybe you do a little bit of research on the internet before you go ahead and try and blow things up and say that this movie's going to suck. Plus, if it, I, hate pe- I hate people like nerds in general say, my childhood's ruined. I hate you know, that phrase I, more than I, anything. I hate that more than ever because it's like, you must have just had a shitty childhood, like, or or, or reverse that. Your childhood probably just w- was not that great to where this one thing happened, you, you know, and it, and it just ruins it. It's like, come on, grow up. Man. Not only that, but go back and watch the other movie then. Yeah. Shut up and let the rest of us but, enjoy it and but, go watch the other movie. But I got to tell you something, though, going back to the trailer itself, when you saw the Millennium Falcon flying to the John Williams theme and score. How much of a nerdgasm did you have? Oh, it was all over the place, man. I mean, they would have had to call a hazmat crew. There was just, <laughs> it was it was that bad. And 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 to credit to whoever put the trailer together, I don't know if it was JJ Abrams or who it was, but credit whoever put it together to bring the Falcon and the score in at the exact 
same moment. That was a stroke of brilliance to get us excited about this. And you've got the you've got the Tie Fighters that are in there too with the Millennium Falcon. So and and the classic war kind of noise. You know the noise that they make when yeah. they're flying. I mean, that, it was just perfect. It just made you so psyched for a new Star Wars movie. And now the Stormtrooper look. How do you how do you feel about it? It's the same as always. I mean, it hasn't really changed. I think at it's all. a little, just a little modernized. Well, modern, the guns are more modern. I'll say that, but I mean, it's not like really anything different. But I mean, when you see like the X wings glide on the water, which was great and everything X-wing else. X wings surfing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, like, but of course, I think the best part of the trailer was the end, where we saw the new Sith, possibly the new yes. Sith baddie, and the new lightsaber. And to the people bitching about the new lightsaber, oh, it'll hurt your hands. Motherfucker, look at how it looks. It has, as Stephen Colbert pointed out, the two iron things that go over the knuckles. Right. So if the lightsaber was to pierce it, it would still hit the plasma beams. Fuck you, you goddamn trolls. Exactly. And you know what? Maybe the Jedi don't get their hands chopped off anymore because somebody thought, you know what? We should do something to protect the wrists and the hands of our warriors. They and just, or this they is just, it. Or yeah, or they or they just do what Star Fox did. And they just cut off their arms, like he did with his legs, and said, "You know what? Just go with metal arms the entire day, yeah, entire exactly. rest of their lives." But don't you think Luke Skywalker would have loved to have that thing on hand when he was dangling down there battling yeah. his father? I yeah. kind of think he would. And you know what? At the end of the day, it looks cool, and you know it. It, it really, really does. I'm excited about this Star Wars, tra- the, the Star Wars film, and everything else. And I mean, it was, it was really awesome. Like to see our page blow up, Facebook.com/slash/DonNerdy. See our Facebook page blow up like it did, with people just saying how happy they were. And like, and like, that's something we talk about all the time with, with trailers, or whatever. Whether you think the movie's gonna suck or not, just be grateful that we're getting this. And you see uh, people say like, you know, post the memes of like the the person crying and yeah, joy and yeah. glee and everything else. And it's just like that's what it's about. That's what being a nerd and and just fandom and nerddom is all about. And I love the fact that they focused on the newer characters too in this first one they could have given us han and leia well, and all those people well, but they focused on by the, the new way, characters and by the way that woman that's riding the fudgesicle on tatooine it looks like riding that... the fudgesicle nice i love that <laughs> i think that's han and leia's daughter actually oh i totally agree and that's gonna do it for the trailer about the movie about the thing that was a long time ago in a galaxy far far away but we now go to isla nubler and we check out Jurassic World, James. And I got to tell you, all the people that are complaining, again, about the CGI, you know what? When you have to whip together a trailer at the last possible second to get out to the world because you promised it, you're going to use a little bit more CGI. This movie's still in the process of being, you know, kind of shot. So let's give them a little bit of a break here. And they said, and if you people actually did research and not nerd rage at the first tweet they see, um, they would have known that uh, Count Trevorrow, the director, said we are doing an actual live door for the Jurassic yes. World movie. It's just that we needed to use a lot of CG for the trailer to get it out in time. And he even said, just like the first movie, people forget this, just like the first movie, there's going to be a mixture of CG and animatronics. And you can't not do that. 
in a movie like this. I don't understand why CG gets such a bad rap because it it's still good technology and it brings you us stuff could that we're not, not able have to do. the scene with the great white shark in that trailer without CG. Which, I am sorry. Which again, I'm sorry, is the best scene in that trailer. I yeah. mean, I know the whole hey Chris Pr- Chris Pratt on the motorcycle with the Raptors. Hell That's yeah. damn cool too. But you tell me that that giant monster jumping out, eating a great white shark, Shamu style. You tell me that that's not the best part of the trailer. There's actually, is. if you go on YouTube, there's actually um, somebody does a Jeff Goldblum impression and he's reviewing the trailer. It's hilarious. That's funny. That's um, really I'll, funny. I'll post it on our Facebook page. So that counts as down nerdy. But no, when I saw this. Um, you know, it was really awesome because, like I said, when you see the doors and you just you hear, like I'm a big person of, of music. So when you hear the piano version of the Jurassic Park theme play mm-hmm. and just everything's just going to hell, it's like it's so beautiful. I wanted to cry. Like it was beautiful because it's like Jurassic Park 3 wasn't that great. We've been hearing for years, hey, they're going to do something with like cross DNA stuff. And I've seen what the new dinosaur looks like, the, the D-Rex or the Diabolus Rex looks like. And yeah, it looks pretty badass. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, and the the scene in the trailer where they talk about it's a forty foot fence. Do you really think that she could have gotten out? And you see the claw marks on that yeah. on that fence. It's like, and, dude. And, it, and it, well, well, now people don't realize. Like, how, okay, how, what did they do to create this? Well, it took a T Rex, a Velociraptor, a cuttlefish, and some sort of serpent DNA and combined them to get this one dinosaur. That's one and, hell of a matzo ball soup there. Hell yeah, it is. I mean, if you look at the picture, if you just Google like D Rex or Diabolus Rex, you'll see it has long arms. Like mm-hmm. and so, you know the you know the T Rex has to be looking at that saying, "God damn it, <laughs> I get fucked over again." By the way, they're saying the T Rex from the first Jurassic Park might be making a uh, an appearance in this one. I think so you we- have to at least, it, even if it's a small appearance. You, you got to do but that it's because it's a signature, you know? If you watch Jurassic Park 3, the Spinosaurus kills a, dra- a T-Rex. Now, I don't know if that's the same T-Rex, but still, you know what I'm saying? It, we, we, it snaps its neck. Right. <laughs> you well, know? You, you'd think there'd have to be another one, though. Right. You know, there, there's got to be. If you're going to have Jurassic Park or if you're going to have a Jurassic World, excuse me, you're going to need a T-Rex in there. So even if it's not the T-Rex, I'm sure it's a T-Rex. Right, but still, I mean, this is just—it's really cool, like to see that and and just that world and like say everything's going to hell and, you know. But the thing is, it's like I'm excited for this. You know, Chris Pratt's in it. Oh yeah. You know, we're gonna see everything. You know, happen with this Jurassic world and you know, again, we're finally gonna see Hammond's you know dream come yeah, true. Yeah, it's the vision, and I also like that they're kind of going back to the whole playing God. Uh, yeah, storyline that they had from the first one because I think when they got away, they got away from that, and I think that that kind of hurt them in the in the next two movies. And I understand that people are concerned about this movie. I know you voiced a concern when we were talking about this that you want to make sure that they're not focusing on the kids. Oh yes, I think whenever this is a is a Jurassic World, but in a lot of films when you focus on the kids, you tend to lose track. Now it did work. I'll say it's with Jurassic Park 1. And I think that's what they're going to do with this one. I think that what they what they realized when they t- when they took so much time to finally get this movie together is like, okay, what worked 
in the original trilogy. Right. What worked for us? And I now think here, they watched that first movie and they said, you know, the way we managed the kids and the adults together, that really worked. And they kind of got lightning in a bottle there. So I really think that they're going to kind of go back to something very similar to that. Exactly. Now, now before we get to our final part of Geektainment, now one thing is when you mentioned the kids, now remember Jurassic Park 1, the scene where the T-Rex, his, the, the mouth busts through the glass. Oh, yeah. You can't forget okay. that. Okay, you do know that was not supposed to happen, correct? No, I had not heard about that. Yeah, there was actually I was reading up on this. The the re, the when that the T Rex's head goes through the roof of the car and the kids are underneath it. Those are real screams. That was not supposed to happen. My God, could you imagine being a kid and having that happen to you? And they're like, ah, don't worry, everything's gonna be fine. It's just a robot. Bam. Yeah. <laughs> that was not supposed to happen, and it fucking did. So wow. when you see the, the mouth go through and the kids freak out, that is real. That was not supposed to happen. That was not in the script. Wow. See, I, di- I did not know that. That That's freaky. It's called research, folks. Do that's it. That's freaky. See? That, wow. That, see, that's the kind of information that you're going to get here on the show. That's what we do. Now, our final thing of Geek Tamant and James, I'm going to let you introduce us because you are the DC worshiper of the group. I got to tell you that we've been waiting on this ever since we found out that it was going to happen. The Arrow Flash crossover. Don't call it Flaro. Stephen Amell doesn't like that, so we will not call it that. And, and let's start off with the with the first part of the of the crossover with the Flash, where they're going after. Yes, he is called the Rainbow Raider in the comics. I know that uh, Cisco and uh, and and Caitlin were making a joke about it towards the end there. Well, they also give him the name of Prism. Right. So he is referenced as Rainbow Raider in the flash comics. And I got to tell you talking about nerd rage. How about when the ra- how about the, all the rage in that episode because of the rainbow Raider and, and when Barry gets infected. Yeah. the one thing about this, the rage is when we see Barry and he's first encounters prism and you see his eyes go red and I'm like, okay, something's going to happen. Cause we needed that, that what sets Barry off to the point where he needs to fight Oliver. Because we know Joe doesn't like him. We know a lot of people don't like him because he has the the reputation, you know, the arrow does for right. killing people. And so we had a thing of like, okay, well, what is it that sets him off? And it's the fact that even though Barry, you know, his DNA, things move faster, this whole effect of prism makes it way more slower. And there and- was tension earlier in the episode too, if you keep in mind, because, you know, Oliver's kind of treating Barry like a noob. Yeah, you know, like, hey, you, you're just rushing in. You're not, you're not surveying anything. You're not doing although your homework. The, the you don't know what you're doing. Sh- although the part where you get shot in the back was hilarious. That was really hilarious. And you know what? It, it made him realize, hey, you gotta, you gotta be aware of your surroundings. So it was, it was kind of a necessary evil. Um, but we'll talk about something else that happened uh, earlier on in the episode, uh, a little bit later on. But go, go ahead. What you were saying? But no, like it was great because you, because you did see, because you know Barry did defend Oliver and everything else. He did have that tension of, you know, I thought Oliver was kind of a dick. He was like, he was being a little bit of a douche. But he was being they, a dick. They say, they say that in the next episode is like, you could be a hero as Oliver Queen, but not as the Arrow because that guy's a kind of a douche. I thought that was funny. That, that's the thing. So, but like, when you got to see him working together, it was great and everything else. And But my one of my favorite parts, though, too, I mean, I love the whole thing, but when he's in full nerd rage as a Flash and he – encounters Iris in their car and throws her boyfriend out of the car and is like, you looking for me? Because he wants to start a task force, the anti-flash and anti-hero you know, task force. Mm-hmm. And it's like, 
And in a sense, I'm happy to see him do that because I'm glad to see A, we never really saw a sign of Barry like that. B, I'm glad this, you know, he's not really just sitting by, you know, like saying, okay, he wants to make this task force and kind of hunt me down. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm glad that he pretty much was like told Iris, like, you never noticed me. And she's like, oh, I did. It's like, no, it's like you would, she would notice if she knew who he really was. And it was coming more from a Barry's perspective of you right. didn't ever notice me. I like that we reached that we finally because you know we've gotten how many like six or seven episodes in or whatever, yep. and it's like we finally got to that boiling point. You know, like, it's finally boiled over. I've never really been a fan of Eddie's character, even without the whole Iris thing. I've yeah. never really liked him, so you know, t- for him to get kind of roughed up a little bit, I was okay with that. Yeah, you know, I don't want to see I don't want to see him get killed or anything, but I you know just see him get roughed up a little bit. Yeah, I was okay with that. Yeah, and that's but that scene with with Arrow though, and he's like. You know, arrows. Fl- you know, he, Oliver shoots his arrow up and go- climbs to the building, and Flash just runs it up and just cuts his wire. And that was crazy, it, it, dude. It's just Edler is probably one of the best fight scenes I've ever seen on television in years. And if you read the again, if you did a little research on that, they were talking about the stunts when they were doing it for that. And and, and uh, Stephen Amell said he actually had to move, literally had to move and do all his movements in slow motion while they were filming it. So if yeah, I mean, give it a little bit of appreciation for his ability as not just an actor, but as a as a uh, stuntman right there to have to make these moves in slow motion. That is tough to do. That is very, very tough. But, you know, and then you also mentioned, though, James, that you were watching it and your feed dropped out. Yeah. For some reason, we didn't get the last 10 minutes when we were watching it live. And it wasn't just me. It was all over. Uh, the the local CW's page. It was all over uh, the comment sections on the CW's uh, main page. Pretty much the whole East Coast lost the feed. Pretty much. And and apparently it also happened in some of the uh, other markets as well. So at first didn't get to see uh, Rainbow Raider get locked up. Did not get to see what happened in Jitters with Oliver's baby mama, who you yeah. remember went to Central City to kind of get away from it all. So he bumps into her now. For anybody that hasn't gone online and watched it yet and wondered was the was this kid there? The kid was not in jitters. So oh. I went back watched it online. He was not there. So it's not like Oliver could have seen her with a with a child and and thought, hey, wait a second. So if you didn't see it yet, that's that's what happened. There was the kid was not there. She was talking to him on the phone. And then of course we see the big reveal, yes. which was Robbie Amell as Firestorm. And this is just him. It was him basically. And almost it looked like a dried out aqueduct yeah. or an underpass or something. And these two guys want to try to rob him, basically. And, and, he think said, he's a, and he think he's tweaking on drugs. Yeah, exactly. He says, you cold, man. And he's like, actually. And then he dares the fire. He says, actually, I'm hot. And the fire comes out of his hands. I got to tell you, I, I not only did I nerd out on that, but I'm all I could think was when he puts on that suit for the first time. Oh, God, time, yes. That's just going to be, I'm, I'm already thinking spinoff for Firestorm. It's it. My, my mind's already, already there because just the reveal alone, and I don't know if he will work as a standalone series or not, but just that reveal and the fact that they cast somebody like Robbie Amell, who's been a lead in, in series before, I, they, they could be hoping. I don't know if that's something that they're, that they're already planning, but I'm sure they're hoping, just like they were hoping that, that it would work out as well as it did with Barry on, on Arrow. That right. there would be a spinoff possibility there. So, but before I get before we move on to part two, I got to say that there was a lot of humor in both of these shows. But one of my favorite scenes, and not for the reason that everybody's going to think, 
was when uh, was when Barry grabs Felicity to bring her back to Star Wars, yes. and her shirt catches on fire, yes. and she has to take off her shirt in the middle of Star Labs. I was laughing so hard the entire time and hey i know that they that's something for the fellas we have, we have to watch Stephen amell shirtlessly climb a salmon ladder we should get a little something every now and then too so exactly. uh, that was a little something for the guys i just thought that that was hilarious and especially everyone's reaction to it not just felicities but everybody else around them oh yeah oh just priceless man. <laughs> that was great it really was awesome um no it was some seriously some great great Coming now, let's move to part two on Arrow. And again, my favorite scene of the entire thing was when you talk, we talked about the salmon ladder, but this time Grant Gustin, Barry Allen, the Flash was on the salmon ladder. That was just so funny, just watching him, you know, streak up and down the thing. And then when he's done, that line where he goes, I don't see why this is so hard. <laughs> this is so hard. <laughs> that that just got it for me. But I mean, it, it it's a different world for Barry, though, and that's kind of one of the themes that they went through in this episode, where right. it's, uh, Central City and Starling are just different places. Well, one is so there's so much more evil in one than in the other. Well, that's one thing that you know Barry's friends, you know, they, they make that that assumption of like the reason why we think that the you know with the Flash, everything he does is so funny and we're not as serious is because we think the metahumans and everything else is kind of weird, kind of like a joke kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know. But here, here's the real deal. Like Starling City is fucking a hellhole, pretty much. Not to mention, so congrats to them on making. Captain Boomerang more badass yes! than he has ever been because wow did they make him a huge Holy badass. Shit. I mean, if, at first, yeah, admit it. When you heard it was Captain Boomerang, at first you went, "Really, Captain Boomerang? They're gonna do then that?" Just like, wow. I mean, what? Of course, I always thought that what they did with Deathstroke was was like the gold standard. The way they made Deathstroke and Slade Wilson was yeah. brilliant. But Plus what the they way, did with Captain Boomerang. Well, the fact that they made it where he was going after Argus and because, you know, they're saying, like, yeah, he was already part of the Suicide Squad. Yep. And his bomb in his head didn't go off. And now he's hunting Argus people. And it's like, and we also get the, get the kind of the whole history of how Oliver is able to torture people for information. And, and it we really, get yeah, it really gives you an insight into where his mind is at and how he was talking to Barry about, you know, he feels like he loses Oliver Queen a little bit more all the time. But you see when, when that bomb goes off oh, yeah, in dude. Tokyo and Waller says, this is on you. I mean, he that you carry that with you, and he's been carrying that with him. So and that's why he does what he does to get the results that he needs to get. So it kind of is, you know. And not everybody can know that because he went through it, and he's you know he hasn't told anybody about that. And so. to- and again, I mean, Boomerang was great, but towards the end of the episode, we get kind of a little bit of a surprise, kind of like a little bit of a tease for hey, there might be future crossovers because Barry gets his own mannequin in the Arrow Cave, if yep. you want to say. And I got to say that the very end of the of the crossover, the Arrow, is when they did the homage to Rocky, to, to Apollo <laughs> and Rocky, yep. and they did the whole, oh, you think you can kick my ass? Okay, I'm going to kick your ass. And then well, that's great. What's great was, in the, was the delivery. Okay, so what are you going to do? Okay, you're going to go over there. Okay, and you're going to run at me. Okay. And I'm going to shoot you with an arrow in the heart. Yeah. Wait, and, what? 
And then yeah. there was that whole ding ding moment, and it yep. was on, and he catches the two arrows in front of him. Yep. And yeah, it was just, and, and and I'm like, man, I wanted to see more of that. Where the where's the extended scene? I want to see more. And then yeah. it was this giant warehouse. Yeah. That they were fighting in, which I, I like that they had their own space. Well, I don't think they were space. fighting. They were more, I think, just training and just trying to say, okay, you know, have that, you know. Kind of the old. I mean, Oliver's young, but still, he's been at it longer than Barry has. But he wants that 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 old wolf versus the new cub kind of a thing. You know, like does he who you know does he still have it kind of a thing? And it's just you know, it, it was great because we saw it in the Flash teaser trailer with Arrow. Remember, he shoots the arrow, yep. and you see Barry running, and he catches it, and Amel goes show. It says the phrase "show off." Yeah, exactly. I, I just think that it, it's funny that that's how they blow off steam. Oh, let's, it's let's great. Let's blow off steam by, by beating the hell out of each other. That's always fun. Hey, by me trying to kill you and you, you catching my arrows. But <laughs> coming point blank at you. Other than the other than the gaff at the end there. See, even Jameson enjoyed it. He watched the whole thing. So he, other than the gaff there at the end of the of the flash where the CW had the feed cut out, I mean, all the promotion, it all paid off. And I, I was not let down at all. Usually when there's something that has this big of a buildup, there's a, there's a little bit of a letdown because you're thinking, okay, really? I was expecting this monumentous thing and it kind of fell short. This, to me, I don't know how you felt, didn't fall short at all. I, well, no, not at all. Like I said, you know, you, especially when you hype up anything, you're always going to be like, oh, God, what if it's not as good as it planned to be? What if it's not? And it was. It was great. As soon as I saw, because I don't watch the shows live. I have a Hulu Plus account that I use to Worked watch Worked out for you this shows. week, I'll tell you that. Oh, God, yeah. And that's why I even said, I go, this is what, you know, when you mentioned the whole blackout thing with your stuff, I'm like, this is why I don't watch my shows live. Yep. <laughs> because... There was a certainly a good reason to do it this, this week, that's for sure. And when I found the Arrow went live last night, you know, on Hulu, and I said, hey, Arrow's on here, your immediate text me was, quote, watch that shit. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, I don't care what you're doing, you stop right now and I you did. go watch it. And then I made you watch the trailer for the mid-season finale before Holy we started shit, here. that looks amazing. So, I mean, there, there's just so much, there's so much going on, and I think, I mean, I don't think Geektainment's ever going to get bigger than this. There was three major major events that happened and and i loved them all and as a matter of fact we're shortening nerd news this week but there's a couple of big stories we'll be talking about next coming up on down and nerdy well boys and girls it's time where we go around the interwebs and find out what's trending because it's time for what james nerd news and we have breaking news coming into our down and nerdy studios Marvel has announced that Benedict Cumberbatch will play Doctor Stephen Strange. And this is Marvel announcing it, not some yeah. random rumor website, not Latina Review, no. This is Marvel actually announcing that Benedict Cumberbatch will be Doctor Strange. And again, Nick, this is why we wait to make sure we have con- we have confirmation. Exactly. Whenever we there's casting news afoot about anything... We wait. We wait for for Marvel to confirm it. We're going to talk a little about the Suicide Squad afterwards. Uh, but this, like I said, just broke. And again, this is why we wait because we want the confirmation from the higher ups that this is going to happen. So, I mean, I'm excited about it. I know the cover bitches are excited about it. And yes, that is actually what his female fans are known as. as <laughs> you know how I'm many people not, just listened I'm to not, that and went, whoa. I'm not bullshitting you. You look up. Jimmy Fallon, he was on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon recently, and he, Fallon brought that up. He's like, you do know that I guess that the female fr- your female fans 
are known as the cumber bitches. And he even acknowledged and said, yes, he knows that. So, no, I'm not a misogynist asshole for saying that. <laughs> well, I mean, cumber bitch or not, I think that everybody's pretty excited I'm not gonna about lie. I'm a, I'm a cumber bitch myself. That's right. Um, but, I mean, it's a great choice. I mean, how can you go wrong with it? I, th- I think it's going to be interesting to see him with the beard. Yeah. That'll be very interesting because you know you can't not have the beard and be Dr. Strange. I'm just shocked, James, that they haven't chose, they didn't chose you. They did not. Yeah, I mean, I was right there. I thought I tested well. You had um, the goatee, you had the little gray in the sides, but I guess, apparently... I guess it just wasn't magical enough. Well, they just thought that, hey, this guy's a DC fan, so fuck him. Well, they know that I'm holding out for, for something better. And speaking of something that you think might be better, I don't know, James, because you are a DC apologist... Um, the Suicide Squad, also in casting, had announced their cast as and, well. And, and I gotta tell you, it's an all-star cast, which, you know, I've been reading uh, Suicide Squad for a little bit now. I get my Fantasy Escape comics and cards where I get my uh, get my Suicide Squad comics in Virginia Beach. But I gotta tell you, when if you'd have told me that they would get a superstar cast right. for the Suicide Squad movie, I would have I would have laughed in your face. I mean, Will Smith is gonna be playing Deadshot, which again we're gonna get into the whole race thing oh, I'm here. Go I'm off. sure. I'm, I'm sure that plenty me, of people me, are gonna be upset me, about this. Let me address this right now, okay? Let me address this right now. If you're a, a, a comic book fan or just somebody in general saying, "Why are they making Deadshot black? Why is he can't he be white?" Listen. First of all, it's 2014. Second of all, who gives a shit? Third of all, listen. You weren't in the casting room. I was in the casting room when Will Smith was there. For those of you nerds who are saying, why is Will Smith playing Deadshot? Why isn't Floyd Law in white? Everything else. You have to understand, it's 2014. It shouldn't matter you know, what ca- actor they get to play certain comic right. characters. Because you got to realize, a lot of these characters were written 30-plus years ago when you know during times where it wasn't good. For African Americans, and they weren't, you know, seen in a in a good way um, in terms of comic. I'm not talking about the creators of comics, but comic book fans, and that's why. So I don't care that Will Smith's playing Deadshot. I was surprised. I'll say that, but I think he's gonna do a good job because he's a fucking good actor. The guy's a good actor. I mean, let's just let's just put it out there. That's that's what it is. He's a good actor, and not only that, but hey, Nick Fury was white. Yes. That's it. And then Samuel L. Jackson came along. You know, and of course they drove that it. way first, but and, and you but love still, it. So you can love, love this. Come on. I mean it's you easy. It. And then you got Margot Robbie's gonna play um gonna play Harley, Harley Quinn. Quinn. What a great pick. Now I'm gonna save the one cast for last is, and I know people know who I'm talking about, but let's see, Jai Courtney's gonna be playing Captain Boomerang. Yep. Uh Cara Delvin's gonna be playing um Oh, well, she's, uh, she's gonna play Enchantress. Yeah, well, who's the sorceress, by the way? So it's kind of it's kind of like Raven esque, but not uh, now, if, you're, if you're if you know Teen Titans, it's it's very similar to that. And Tom Hardy's gonna be playing Rick Flag. Now, the last person I'm gonna get to is, of course, Jared Leto, who's playing the Joker. Yep. James, what you are the DC fan? Let's go with you first. What is your take on Jared Leto being the Joker? Well, my initial reaction was I wasn't thrilled with it. Um. I, I Well, I mean, I, I had a very negative reaction when they cast Heath Ledger, and I know we can't keep going back to that. I understand. But we're talking about the Joker here. This is a very serious 
character that you're ca- and and he's not just just gonna play Joker in the Suicide Squad. Let's not kid ourselves. He's gonna be the Joker going forward now, and just like Margot Robbie is gonna be Harley Quinn going forward. This is not the last we're gonna see of these characters. Uh, I do think that Jared Leto has a certain creepiness about him that that makes him certainly villainous. He can right. certainly play a villain. I just don't know if he has that, you know, because the Joker doesn't just have that creepiness. He also has that humorous, the sick, the sick humor kind of thing. And there's a certain look. I don't know if he has that look. Okay, so here's my take on this. Jared Leto, I've seen a lot of his work. I saw him in Dale's Buyers Club. He is a really good method actor. He's no somebody about it, who, yeah. who will literally transform his body. We've seen it. Um, and just his mindset for a role. And remember, when Heath Ledger was cast as Joker, people were saying, nobody can be Jack Nicholson. Nobody can be Jack Nicholson. Well, Heath Ledger proved that. Now, oh, okay, nobody can be Heath Ledger. Well, let's see. You know, and the thing is, it's not about being better than Heath Ledger or being better than Jack Nicholson. Right. It's being your own. When you're when you're a character as iconic as the Joker or Batman, whomever, the goal shouldn't be to up one, you know, or one up the person that played the role before you. It should be, I want this to be my own thing. I want the people to say, you know, if, if I got cast to be Spider-Man, okay, um, I want people to say, you know, Nick Pataglia was his own Spider-Man. Like, I, like, what do you like better, Nick Pataglia Spider-Man or the you know, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man? You know, I want that to be his own thing. When you start comparing, contrasting, you know, certain things like that, it's trying to get to murky waters. So with Leto, hey, let's see, let's let's see what he looks like with the makeup on. Let's see what he looks like for the look and everything else. Let's get a fucking trailer before right, we exactly. get, yes, you know, yes. before we before we judge this casting. Like I said, Will Smith, I'm excited. Tom Hardy, I don't give a shit if he was Bane two years ago. He, you know, I'm excited. He's a great actor. Yep. It's not. It's it to me when you're doing superhero casting, even say for if you were in the previous prior superhero movie. If you're a good actor, it just shouldn't fucking matter. Like, I'm sorry. I agree. It, I mean, it, give it's, it a it's chance. More, it's more on the audience being able to look past the – get past that. It's not the actor thing. It's not the studio thing. It's the fucking audience. So as soon as you mature up and decide, like, hey, you know, let's not, you know, judge too quickly. Listen, I'm going back to Will Smith. You know, if you're a nerd and saying, oh, I'm not going to see this because Deadshot's black, then you know what? You're the fucking reason why nerds and us geeks will never be fully re- accepted in – fucking uh, uh in the world because you're gonna be the fucking asshole that does that you know a lot of people don't i've talked to don't give a shit they think hey will smith he's be great i'm stoked i'm really Hell excited yeah. i'm stoked i can't wait to see what he's gonna do with dead and if you're and if you're if you're one of those people saying i'm actually because because of dead shots black then go fuck yourself yeah. you you'll burn your comics go burn your your fucking figures and lose your fandom. And you know what? You probably typed all your hatred about Deadshot being black under anonymity. You cowardless fucks. Yeah, and I want to make a, I want to make a, a, one more point on that before I go on to go back to the uh, go back to something else, the Joker thing. Um, when we were talking about the Fantastic Four movie, and we were talking about um, about the casting of Johnny Storm. Yes. The reason that and maybe you think we're a little bit of hypocrites here, but here's the reason why it's different because they're supposed to be twins. Right. When one is African-American and one is white and they're supposed to be twins. That's weird. Okay. Now it it has nothing to do with race and everything to do with that's really not possible. Well, it's not possible. It's very much like, it's like a a rarity. We're way down there on the list. Let's put it that way. 
Um, but the thing is, when, but the, th- and the reason why it's different for the Fantastic Four than it is with like Deadshot is because, as James says, the twins aspect. Because when they get hit with the cosmic rays, that the co- the fact that it's their bloodline, like they're, right. it's, it's, if you read the Fantastic Four comics, it's not just like they get hit with a storm and that's what makes them gives them their powers. It's something. It's, it's their DNA that gives them their powers. It's something that's you know sets their powers differently apart. Right. So. I just want to make why. that I just wanted to make that very clear because I know that there's plenty of people that have listened to to all of our episodes or a lot of them. Right. I just want to make that clear that there there's a distinction there. It's not the same thing. And like Another, I said, we, and we weren't never down on Michael B. Jordan being Giant Storm. We're no. more down on the fact of when you read the synopsis, of what it's going to be about. It's gonna fucking suck. I'm sorry. Right, and it, I, and I don't want people to get to the impression that I'm not excited about Jared Leto as the Joker. I I am right. gonna give it a chance. I do have and, a couple of questions, and I think that that's okay. Right, and, and one of the quick thing about the Fantastic Four, people are probably saying, you know, well, you just said, you know, we did we get a trailer? It's like, yeah, but we've gotten a synopsis. We've seen the way they're going. We've gotten photos, and they don't look good. That's gonna have to be a great trailer. Yeah, I'm for me and, to even consider it. And that's and you know that's the thing. It's just. There's too much has been released about that film for me to say let's wait for a trailer. Yeah, it's you know that's that's my take on it. With this, I'm excited. A lot of people are worried about Jai Courtney as Captain Boomerang. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I again, give it a chance. But I want to go back to the Joker thing for a second because yeah. you made a good point, and I, and I don't want to gloss over it about being your own your own character. I think that what people need to realize is, and this is art, and this has happened before, is that this Joker is going to be very different from Heath yeah. Ledger's Joker. He's going to be very toned down, in a sense. It's going to be very, very... It's going to be a totally different Joker. It just like... Jack Nicholson's Joker was different from Heath Ledger's Joker. This is going to be very, very different. It's not going to be in the in the realm of the Dark Knight. It's going to be no. more so the way the Joker is in, say, the Arkham games, I think, or in the animated series. Yeah, or in the or in the animated movies. Because kind of thing. well, because Harley Quinn's there. Harley Quinn, as crazy as she is, is kind of that buffer that that sets him down as some sort of. You know, normality, if you will. Right, and let's not gloss over the fact that this movie is going to be out on August 5th, uh, 2016 as well. Did want to mention that. And Jesse Eisenberg, who was rumored to be part of it as Lex Luthor, not happening, not nope. in the official cast. That doesn't mean there won't be some sort of cameo or end credit scene where he's involved or anything like that, but you could put that to bed. Lex Luthor, not going to be a part now, here's of a the question. Suicide Squad movie. How do you think they're going to tie Suicide Squad into this whole universe? Uh, I think that they're going to go kind of something similar to uh, the Assault on Arkham animated movie as far as where they're going to go uh, with this movie. But remember, it Batman's the, 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 the thing that ties us all together. Right. Batman is the one that bring that can bring the Suicide Squad into the larger DC universe. By the if way... You're reading, if you're reading Forever Evil, we're going to be talking about major uh, comic book arcs later on in our main topic. But if you're reading Forever Evil, the Suicide Squad was a major part of that story arc in the Forever Evil. So that's another way that they could get tied in as well. By the way, um, this is actually true. Oprah Winfrey is rumored to be the lead in front for Amanda Waller. And am I crazy for thinking she could do a good job as Waller? You get a mission, and you get a mission, and you get a mission. Everybody, Everybody gets, gets a, mission. a mission, and a detonator in their brain. But I mean, if if you just step aside from the whole talk show thing for just a second, <laughs> okay? Because I get it. 
But if you've actually ever seen her work as an actor, oh, she's amazing! Like if you, uh, the last thing I saw her was The Butler, and she was awesome. She was amazing. Color Purple, amazing. Yeah. So before you judge her for being a talk show host and handing out cars and trips to Australia, look at her body of work as an actress. And you know what? It doesn't hurt you if you're DC to have somebody like Oprah Winfrey attached to this and marketing this for you. Oprah Winfrey has a huge following of fans that people that might actually go see the suicide squad because Oprah's in it. Right. I mean, you're bringing, you know, they're not going to be nerds and, you know, go back to the trendy nerd episode, but it's okay. If they want to go see the movie, you want this movie to make more money and get more of these movies by all means, bring Oprah in. And people are, and to the people saying, you know, well, DC's just getting big names. It's like, well, they kind of need to, I think. And, it's, and, it's, and it shouldn't be, a, I think getting big names isn't really a crime. You know, and the thing is, like, you look at what Marvel did. If anything, Marvel is taking, I think, what took more of a risk because, you know, they, they did with they, Guardians for sure. Well, no, yeah. but if you look in the beginning with Robert Downey Jr., people saying, whoa, 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 Robert I'm like, no. If you go back to when Robert Downey Jr. was first cast as Tony Stark, okay, he was coming out of rehab. His right. career was literally, if he had one more screw up, his career five minutes went from over. over. Yeah, yeah, um, and he was making less than Terrence Howard, and he was Tony Stark. So get that through your mind. That's, he's the fa- so you know, and then you look at like Captain America, Chris Evans. Yes, he was a Fantastic Four and not another teen movie, but what else? You know what I'm saying? Chris Hemsworth, man. Chris Hemsworth, where did he come from? Yeah. But so why not? Hey, DC said, hey, they, Marvel went this route with like these kind of these unknowns, these smaller actors, and they made them into these big actors. Why can't we just go fuck it? Here's some money, get some big actors. You know what? If anything, they should kind of be commended for being able to even get these yes! people for a Suicide Squad movie. Yes, this isn't Green Lantern. This isn't the Flash. This, this is the Suicide Justice. Squad. This isn't Justice League. So if you can get these names. For the Suicide Squad movie? Come on. And I think, I will say this. And Plus, what does it say? Wait, well, let me say this. What does it say when you get a small actor like Henry Cavill to play Superman and you get Will Smith, yeah. Tom Hardy, yeah. and, and even, I'll say this because he, he won a fucking Oscar last year, Jared Leto, to be part of the Suicide Squad. That's right. And and I and I got to say that... that uh, that that just shows you how much farther we've come in such a short time with these movies and people wanting to be a part of these movies. But also, I think that the success of Guardians of the Galaxy and a team-up movie like that was one of the reasons that some of these actors maybe wanted to be a part of the movie like Suicide Squad because they look and say, hey, look what they did with Suicide Squad. These ensemble movies... Or did it did pretty well, so maybe we try and do something like that of our own, and this could be a huge money maker if we do it right. So I give credit to the Suicide Squad well, for maybe helping this along a little bit. Well, you look at it this way, you brought up a good point, James. Guardians of the Galaxy, big team up. You, know, you had the Avengers, yes, but Guardians of the Galaxy was like the one movie where you had everybody get together at one time, pretty much. Yeah. If you will, if you want to say, when nobody really knew who each other was. You had the Suicide Squad. You have Universal trying to make an Avengers version of the monsters. You know, this is what they're trying to do. So it's like, it's from an acting point, who can we get? Whatever can we, you know, whatever. Right, exactly. And like I said, like, great job by DC. Like I said, I'm excited. I can't, I'm excited to see Will Smith as Deadshot. Yeah. And I'm dip, not comparing, different. I'm not comparing Guardians of the Galaxy and Suicide Squad. Don't go there. Stop it. That's not what I said. Yeah. 
So let's go to something that's pissing or pissed a lot of people off, James. Yeah, and <laughs> we live in a spoiler alert society, and AMC kind of forgot about that because <laughs> what they did is they actually had to issue an official apology to their fans because they pretty much spoiled the end of their midseason finale for their West Coast viewers by putting uh, R.I.P. Beth and Beth's dead body on the uh, on the front of their Not Walking Dead best page. Dead body, but Daryl carrying Beth's dead body. Yeah, so uh, you, and you I might want to be actual, aware of that. Well, I have the actual apology All right, here. let's hear it. Let's hear it. So here's the apology. We heard your feedback to last night's post, and we're sorry. With zero negative intent, we jumped the gun and put up a spoiler. Please know we're going to work to ensure that in the future, possible spoilers of by official AMC social feeds are killed before they can infect. Certainly before the West Coast U.S. broadcast of The Walking Dead. As always, thank you for watching and keep the comments coming. We appreciate all of your support. Our hashtag RIP spoiler. Okay, so I'm going to go a little different direction on this for just a second. And, okay. and, I, and, I, and, I, and I know I might upset people when I say this, but, but at, least, at least let me finish before, before you kill me on this. <laughs> I think that we need to have a little bit of personal responsibility here. Yeah, we need to have a little bit of restraint. I mean, come on. Think about it. If you, if you know that it's, first of all, it's a mid-season finale, and they've been teasing something big for a while. If you live on the West Coast, love our West Coast listeners. Love I you guys. Live the, I live on the West Coast. But if you go to the Walking Dead Facebook page before it's supposed to air no, that no, night. If, no, fuck that. If you get on social media. At all. At all. You know you what? Deserve you deserve to have shit spoiled yeah, for you. Yeah, you are Begging for it, just you're any, a glutton for punishment. Now you're you're a Hulu guy, and and I, I and, and there's nothing wrong with cord cutters either. But what do I t- and I text you sometimes. They're like, dude, stay off Twitter, stay <laughs> off Facebook yeah. if you don't want to know what happens because <laughs> it's everywhere. And I do, so, and you have to do that now. And I realize that the words spoiler alert come before so many posts now. You know, yeah. it's tiring, man. And we and we try not to spoil anything either. I think we do, you know, unless we tell you that we're going to be live posting during an episode or something. I yeah. think that we try really hard not to spoil anything. I think even, that we do a pretty good job with that. Even then we try to even then we try to mask stuff, you know. Right, right exactly. So, I mean, but I I understand why you're upset and do I think they should have done it? No, I still think it was stupid. But at the same time, you have got to have a little bit of common sense. And for DVR people, too, because I do it. There's some times where I can't watch a show right away. I have to DVR it and watch it the next day. So, you know, I've got an infant here. I can't always watch stuff. And I, it's hard to watch Gotham when your child is screaming and wanting a bottle. So, you know, sometimes I've got a DVR and watch it, you know, a couple hours later the next day. I stay off Facebook, off Twitter, everything I can to not see what happens. And if I do, it's on me. I've done it to myself. I'm not saying that they should have done this. And I think that, you know, they rightfully apologize. But at the same time, we got to have a little bit more personal responsibility here and not jump down their throats for doing this. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, you look at it. Hey, they they fucked up, but you know what? Again, you had to have personal restraint. But again, to play devil's advocate, or not really play devil's advocate, but to be on the opposite side, the fan side, it is AMC. You should know. Hey, we yeah. we're airing this big episode in like three hours time on the West Coast. Let's hold off on putting up this photo. You got to be better than that. I I totally agree and. Somebody jumped the gun. 
Yeah. Somebody to, and maybe they were told that. Maybe they were told that. Somebody got excited and posted it. And hey, I've done the same thing on our page. That uh, sometimes we'll try and schedule something for later. Yeah. To go up a little bit later. Sometimes I hit post accidentally and go, ah, damn it. And yep. it goes up there. Now, usually I delete it and, you know, and redo it the right way. But sometimes stuff just gets out there. I'm not saying that that's what happened. But again, you're you're supposed to be a major network. You got you got to be better than that. You got to be smarter than that. You got to be smarter than that. But speaking of being smart, we're going to be debating on whether or not big arcs hurt or help the arcs that came before them. Stay tuned. Our main topic coming up right now on Down Nerdy. You hear them teased all the time. These epic events in comic book history, the major arcs from Crisis on Infinite Earths to Axis, do they really further the cause of our comic book reading? And, and I got to tell you, Nick, that it seems like more and more nowadays there are more of these major arcs than I think there ever were in the past. Let's look at it this way. Future's End, Crisis on Infinite Earth, Convergence, Axis, Original Sin. list goes on and on and on. Forever Evil, Trinity War, yada, yada, yada. Infinity Wars, everything else, Civil War, you know, it, on and on as things go. And, you know, the question we pose is, do they help? I think they hurt them very much so. Like Axis. Let's talk about Axis for a minute because it's the most recent one that came out. Um, Axis alone, and I said this during the, what we're reading, it's a pickup. Give it three issues. Tell me what you, you know, if you like it, it doesn't matter. You know, yes, it's cool. If you don't, it's fine. But when they stretch it out, and I'm going to go on a rant here. When they stretch it out into these the sub here, you know, the, the sub issues, you know, they go into the regular arcs that the are going on, yeah. the tie-ins, they, not even the tie-ins, like they're bleeding them into the regular stories like Magneto and fucking Deadpool. Okay. This is why I'm not a fan of Axis overall. I like the first issue is okay. This is why I'm not a fan of the whole fucking thing because they fucked with Deadpool Deadpool is not the Merc with the Mouth anymore. No, he's a fucking Buddhist who doesn't kill. Who doesn't kill, doesn't wear his red suit. He wears a white suit, so he looks like literally like Gwen Stacy's Spider-Woman. So basically, he looks like Spider-Gwen dipped in white chocolate. He really does. And, And he doesn't kill. And he, and he, you know, and he has more. So, so what you're saying is he's, and he suffers from Peter Parker syndrome where as soon as him and Schickler are about to have fun or or enjoy their marriage, boom, something happens. He's like, I gotta go. What the fuck? So basically he's turned into peace pool. He has. That's sad. And it's fucking annoying. That's sad. And I mean, and the thing is like, and what bothers me isn't really just that. It's the fact that throughout the, the current couple issues, you have the regular Deadpool, like, in his mind, like, in, in the Peace Pool's head of, like, dude, what the fuck kind of thing. He, he is. He's, he's pretty much has the same uh, expression that I have right now. And he's just like, oh, God. So it's like, Marvel, you know what you're doing, but you're being an asshole right now. There's a difference between trolling people and kind of having fun between and then literally fucking up your own characters so that you can have a joke with it and to also try to sell more of this bigger arc. 
it's like it doesn't work. Like I'm sorry, but you know, I wish that things like Axis like stayed just by themselves. Like they didn't affect one shots. They didn't affect other arcs. They just stayed in their own lane. That would have been fine. See, my my problem with it is that, and and I've read a few of these. I read I read Infinity. I read uh, Trinity War. I read forever evil and i read original sin and the the problem i have with these is as a whole now some of them I, I've, I've actually liked like i thought forever evil was pretty good but um as a whole when i get to the end of these and and i'm not talking about any tie-ins or anything i'm talking about just the six issue eight issue or whatever it was run any of these when i get to the end i kind of go how was that better than what i'm reading in batman right, right now? and and for example like, okay the biggest um kind of crossover big arc series for Marvel over the summer was Original Sin. And Bob, over Fanscape, Comics and Cards in Virginia Beach, told me, you know, he said, you know, do you want to get Original Sin? I said, yeah, I go, it seems interesting, you know, who shot the watch or anything else. Right. And then as you get, you know, as the issues get deeper, I'm like, this really isn't interesting at all. I told Bob that, and Bob pretty much agreed. You know, it was like, it's like, yeah, and I told him about the end, we talked about the ending, he's just like, eh, you know the end. You know original sin was like who shot the watcher? Okay, Nick Fury shot the watcher. And for yeah. people who do, who don't who don't know, like he shot the watcher. Now his punishment is he has to be the watcher now, and he's pretty much chained and shackled to watch over things now, and it makes no sense. Now the one smart thing I'll say this is that Marvel did during that was it wasn't really tied in with original sin. They made references and other comments like hey, there's a you know there's a problem on the moon or right. or with or with the watcher, right. you know. Go check this out. That's fine, but it wasn't like with Axis where it's like stuff has affected f- to the full extent. You know what happened. You know in, in the main comic with the, uh, the these more individual stuff. Well, I think Cullen Bunn mentioned this when we were talking to him about about uh, writing different characters at the same time. He said he even said he said you know like look when they sprinkle in these larger arcs to our storyline. It, it makes it difficult yeah. for me to write my, and I'm not, I'm paraphrasing here. This isn't exactly what he said, but he said it makes it challenging for me to work that in to a story that I was already trying to further. Now they've got a major arc going. So now I have to try and work this in. It just, it, it kind of it's throws forced. a monkey wrench into your regular arc. Like Magneto was like, Magneto was great. The, the access tie with Magneto with Red Skull, that was fine. Cause like I said, in my review of access that it's set it works well with the X-Men. Like, it does. And because it's what's centered around with Charles Xavier's death. Right. But when you spread out into Deadpool, I understand he was with the X-Men and stuff like that, but you you don't do that, man. You don't... You had a great... They had a great... I was enjoying the hell out of Deadpool. Now, literally, I picked up my Deadpool comic yesterday, and I wanted to weep because I'm like, I know what I'm going to read. Like, it's yeah. one of those things where it's like, yeah. I still read Deadpool because I'm a Deadpool fan, but it's just one of those things where I read it and I'm just like, oh, God. Here's my thing, too. And, and I think that back when you would have these sort of arcs, like, uh, and of course I'm a DC guy, so forgive me for referencing DC arcs. When you had stuff like Flashpoint. Right. And when you had Crisis on Infinite Earths. You knew that the results of these arcs would mean something to the larger DC universe after they were over. Now, it's like, okay, these arcs are over. And they're over. 
Right. It's almost like, okay, let's push that aside because we're done with that now. It doesn't really affect anything that's going on. And forgive me if I don't read every major arc that's going on, and, and maybe I'm wrong here, but and, and I'm not a huge Marvel reader either, but it seems like once Original Sin was over, it was done. So what was the point? Right, exactly. You I mean, know, I mean, it's not like, like I want to take Deadpool versus Carnage as an example, because I've heard you talk about it a million times and it sounded like a great story. Sure, when that was over, it was over, but it was four issues. It was four issues, correct? Yes. Okay, so it was four issues. It was a self-contained story within itself, and then it was over, and you got a conclusion to it, but you knew when you were reading it that once this is done, it's done. Yeah. This is not going to be a larger part of any, but, anything in the Like universe. I said, when it was done, it was done. But I said that when I reviewed it, I said this was going to open the door for more of the Deadpool versus thing. And right, we, but, got, we got we got Deadpool versus X-Force and everything else. But like I said, it moved, it kind of closed the door and opened a new one. But again, it the, with Deadpool versus X-Force and Deadpool versus Carnage, it wasn't affected in Deadpool's main right, run. And, that, and that's the other thing. And, and the thing that I wanted to talk about too was is that you kind of expect these major arcs to be the launching point for something else. And it just seems like they're really not. Like even at the end of Forever Evil in the DC universe, yeah, it changed some stuff and, and they kind of picked up where that left off in certain instances, but it didn't really, it wasn't this major effect that, that happened other than justice league dark. Now justice league dark, it changed that definitely changed that. But other stuff, it didn't really make a difference. It was just kind of there. Now, if it was just a standalone story, like you said, it would be fine. But when you're announcing a major arc like Axis or Convergence that's going to be coming up, I expect it because it's a major arc that's going to span the entire universe that the result of this arc is going to change something permanently or at least semi-permanently that it's going to leave that impression i don't feel like these arcs leave that impression anymore if anything it crams all these characters into the the argument that they're making for batman versus superman where you're cramming characters in but in these arcs in the comics you're literally cramming people in look at the infinity issue with like six thousand avengers standing on this ship getting ready to go fight the builders that should tell you right there, you're, cr- you're trying to cram all these characters in when you, you take a singular arc like Batman and you're focused on one thing. It's just much better writing to me. Exactly. And it's, it's keep it simple, stupid. That's what it is. You don't want to, because what's happening is, I've realized this, is there's a lot of arcs that I don't read. But the thing is, like in Marvel or whatever, but the thing is, you know, when you look at, at what's going on, like an axis or whatever like that, and you see what's going on in, in, in other arcs, it's like, okay, you know, you read the end of a comic, it's like, find out more in, like, you know, X-Men, on, you know, whatever, you right. know, number five, and it's like... I don't read that comic. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, I'm so, It's you the gotta, tie-ins, yeah. Yeah, you gotta stop thinking as comic book and as comic book uh, publishers need to stop thinking that everybody reads every comic because they don't, because what's going to happen is you're going to introduce these certain things. Like for example, if the first issue of access didn't have the whole prelude to how Xavier got killed, like I wouldn't know what the fuck was going on. Right. Like it'd be like, well, wait, how did he die? Did he, this happen? Did that happen? Cause like I said, the only X-Men comics I'm reading are Nightcrawler and Magneto. I'm not reading anything else. I read death of Wolverine. That was it, you know? Yeah. Well, I just think that 
I just don't know what this is doing for the large universe. And I'm not saying that this, that every one of these arcs has to have some sort of lasting change because I hate, I don't, I don't want everything rebooted all the time. So don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is, is you have to, they have to matter. And the way that they're being written and the way that they're ending now, and both DC and Marvel are guilty of this. They're not making them matter. Right. I think that's my problem with it. Like I'm like, we're both reading Batman eternal. I think Batman eternal has been much better than some of the larger arcs that have happened where it, where it spanned the entire universes. I even think that the justice league run that they're doing right now is better than anything that they did. in in the trinity war back then and it just it just every time i'm waiting for one of these arcs to matter just like crisis on infinite earths mattered just like flashpoint mattered i'm waiting for something to matter and it's just not so it, it just begs the question what are we doing then are we just doing these to be able to bring the x men and the avengers into into a comic arc together that's what i think it is i think it's because of the fact of like hey we have all these comics you know characters together that you love you know, one spot, that's what it is. It's like, if you put a bunch of things in it, it's kind of like this, all right? You got a, a, a gaming console, and you have a bunch of characters, or a bunch of games that you're giving it like a bundle, you know? It, that's the thing. It, like, put it this way, it's kind of like this. You, you, you sell a console, and you give it a demo that has like 10 games on it, yeah. and, and each 10 represents those like 10 characters or whatever, you want people to buy that and play those demos and want more. Like, oh my god, I'm reading Axis and I love the new Captain America. I want to read more. Nothing's not really, from what I know. I don't think it's moving a lot of comics. Um, Thor, I know. You know, it's like okay, this isn't. I don't know the sales on that, but it's like Thor's actually that, done pretty well. Yeah, it's done really well. Yeah. But I, I think that when you look at it, when they do these big crossover events, these these big you know comic universe events, they do it because they want to like I said, they want to spread attention to other characters and everything else and other arcs. That's why they say you know read this, read that at the end of them. But in the end, it's kind of like they want to do it because it's like hey. They want to test who deserves their own comic. Who you know? Who can we spread more right. light and on I next? To- and I totally get that because they they definitely sh- shine the spotlight on certain like in Forever Evil, the spotlight was very much on Lex Luthor for a lot of it. So I, I get that that they are trying to test the waters, and I get with the tie-ins. You're trying to make money. I right. get it, but you know, money's tight for right now, and and I know you want to try and get people interested in other arcs, but. The problem with the tie-ins is not is not to me that they exist. It's that there are too many. You oh, yeah. cannot have a main arc and then six tie-ins. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It's too much. And, and it's gotten when- to the point now where, like you said, if you're not reading the tie-in and you go to, say, Axis number two or number three, again, I'm not reading it, so I'm just refer- referencing it for reference. You go to act you go to back to Axis, you don't know what the hell just happened. Yeah. And the thing is, is, or how it was set up. Right, exactly. And, and you know, like I said, you, you, you look at these, like, okay, um, I ta- the one comic I talked about was Carnage number one. I reviewed that like a few weeks ago on, for what we're reading. And I said, yeah, he wants to be a good guy now and everything else. And it's like, the idea of a Carnage comic book is sexy. It really is. Oh, yeah. But when you see the axis written in the top right corner and you see that he wants to be a good guy now... You're like, oh man! You like, you had this great idea. Let's give Carnage his own comic, and you just 
nope, let's let's keep it tied into this big arc and see how it goes. And it's absolute shit. All right. Well, here's the larger question that I wanted to pose to you, and I and I wanted to talk about this. Okay. Would you be okay All if right. they completely did away with arcs like Original Sin and Convergence and stuff that's that are these major cross? I'm gonna say cross promotional, but you know what I mean. Cross right. story arcs. Would you be okay if they got rid of those entirely and substituted them with more of a standalone? four issue series that once it's over it's over yeah i think that that's the best thing a lot of my comics on my poll are four issue series for example go to independent route justice inc it's a four issue series it just wrapped up last week great it's with the shadow avenger and doc savage um and it was great four comics you know allows you i think to tell i think i from what i found they tell a much better story than something that gets 52 issues or more right. and they give you more pages too when they do a shorter arc like that which exactly I and i think that when you look at it like should they go away with it should they go away with things like original sin and that yes but they when you call these things like infinity war and civil war like, are we getting rid of those as well? Is what I'm asking. I'm not sure from your question. Yeah, get rid of all of them. Is what I'm asking. Oh God, no, no. Because it seems like it seems like like I understand original sin was bad and Axis isn't going good, but Civil War was so good. Like you know, and and Deadpool kills the Marvel universe. Like that was great. Here's what I would do, and I just wanted to ask the question. I wasn't actually saying that we should do that. I just okay. wanted to, I just wanted to make that clear to people that were listening. Here's what I would do. Because, and I'm going to reference professional wrestling here for just a second. I, I would at least keep it, I would at least keep it two separate worlds. I would never let the two worlds see eye to eye. See, see, and, and I'm okay with them not doing that either. But what I would do is, I think one of the things that, that messed up pro wrestling was that, that the pay-per-views that they have, the monthly pay-per-views, they, they went monthly. There used to be four a year. Right. There was they were, WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, Survivor and SummerSlam. Series, SummerSlam. So they were a big deal. But now, and but now you have things like, exactly. Hell in a Cell, like, like Hell in a Cell and Elimination Chamber. And I'm like, like I don't know why. I haven't watched wrestling in years. But what I noticed, like, when they had, like, King, like King of the Ring, I thought it was cool. Like, oh, yeah, era, that was cool. Yeah. It was great. But now like, I'm looking at things like Tables, Layers, and Chairs pay per view, where all the matches are like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, so. How is four matches of tables, lads, and chairs supposed to keep my interest? It's the same shit over and over and over again. The reason I bring up that example is, here's what I would do. I would limit these to maybe one a year. Right. Maybe two. You have to make these matter more. You have to make it so you know, okay, this is happening once. And this, at the end of this, something's going to happen that's going to affect the rest of the year or, or everything going forward. That's not happening anymore because there are too many. Once Original Sin ended, they went to Inhumans. Actually, it was, it was Inhumans before that, Inhumanity before that, which didn't go well. And then they went right to Original Sin and then right into Axis. There was no break. There was yeah. maybe what? Maybe a month? Of a yep. break before they decided to go into Axis? It's too soon. It's tables, ladders, and chairs all over again. But it's in <laughs> comics. You've got to make them matter. It's another reason why you spread the comic book movies out. When you have... Let's put it this way. Let's keep the wrestling thing going. When you have things like Axis and Civil War, it's supposed to be your WrestleMania. Yes. You're supposed to keep... Even your individual arcs, keep them building up the storyline to WrestleMania. And then WrestleMania happens and it's over. When WrestleMania happens and then those arcs you continue to write them, 
you don't start fresh with a new story arc or anything else with those, and you keep the past story arcs locked in just up until where you have your big tie-in kind of thing, that hurts it. Yeah, a lot. Something has to happen that makes me go, as soon as this arc is over, holy shit, I've got to grab Justice League or I've got to grab um, Avengers. I need to see how what just happened is going to affect things going forward. That's not happening. No, because you're keeping that's it, a problem. Because what you're doing is it's like Barry Allen on the treadmill. He's just running and running and running and running and running and running. You're getting tons and tons of miles, but sooner or later you got to be like, dude, Come on, we want to go home and go to bed. You know, we need we need some. You know, stop running. Yeah, and and that's my point. It it has to matter. You can't just keep going and going and going like that. And I like the fact that I actually like the fact that there's like four or five different Batman books that I can get. There's Batman. There's Batman Eternal. There's Detective Comics. All of them have different stories. Batman sixty six or whatever it's called. Yeah, they all have different stories. They're all contained within themselves. They don't mess with what was going on in the larger arc, and then that way the continuity stays within those storylines, within those books. I like the fact that I can get different Batman like, stories. If you if want, I want to make to. references, fine. Like, if you really want to make references, fine. But from going just from references to inserting these things like these big arcs into your comics and having to mess up everything else instead of just referencing something that happened which would be a lot easier and make much more sense you're you're killing the buzz you're killing the free flow this happened a couple of times i've read some some titles and i'm reading like okay this is good and then something happens and they just talk about something and it takes a total like 180 and right like, what it, the fuck it makes want- you want to stop reading it yeah, It makes you want to stop reading the original arc that you were already reading and enjoying. And I think that's the danger here is that if you want to tie all the stuff together and it's not working out or it's not working out as well as you would hope it would, you might lose the readers that were already reading, say, Hulk is a perfect example. You might yeah. lose people that were reading Hulk because of what you're doing to tie him in to original sin. And I think that happened. I mean, it, it cost them a writer. Yeah. Of the series. It caused yeah. it made them have to change writers because of the backlash. Not just change that, but they had it not just that, but they had to literally change the whole arc. Like instead of it being, hey, Bruce Banner has brain damage, and then they bring in Gary Dugan to do the you know, to finish off the run, and now it's like, well, he's Doc Green now, and he <laughs> he wants to stop uh, people who are like radiated humans. It's like, really? Okay, go fuck yourself. Like, right. it sounded good. And then I read the first issue. And I'm like, no, no, I would rather have had if he didn't know what A plus B plus C was. I would, I'm, I'm, no. Yeah, I just think that, that there's a danger here. And I just wish that. Like, it- because what was cool was they fixed it to where, because they realized they fucked up. And they fixed it to where, like, okay, he has the extremis in him. And it's like, okay, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So he's back to being the Hulk again and whatever. And like how he can kind of control it, which is awesome. But then you have this whole, no, he's Doc Green now and he wants to stop. No, 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 no. I just wish that, because I know these are never going to go away. And, I, right. and I'm not suggesting that they should. I just wish that you you would go ahead and make them matter again. Don't make it change everything. Not everything. That's not what I'm suggesting. 
but make it matter, make it affect things going forward. And it can be the launching point to a new storyline, but it doesn't have to be the launching point into another major arc. Let it change something that, like, I I will tell you right now that at the end of Forever Evil, and this has been long enough, so I'm not spoiling anything. And if you haven't read it yet, sorry, go pick up the graphic novel. You'll still enjoy it. Uh, At the end of Forever Evil, one of the things that got changed was that John Constantine was basically exiled from the Justice League Dark. Right. He left them to die, basically. And Zatanna said, no, screw you. You're not coming back here. You're not going to be a part of this group anymore. See you later. Right. So she gives him the boot from Justice League Dark because of what happened during Forever Evil. That's a good way to do things. If you want to make it matter, which they did, to ch- and obviously they wanted to change up Justice League Dark and maybe br- if, put Constantine on his own. Yeah. They, they made it matter. If you're going to, and that's what I want to bring up, if you're going to have these big arcs, all right, fine. If you want to ha- see the residuals of what happens after the arc's over and continue, you know, the first three to four issues have kind of like the effects of what happened, you know, carries into the comics they, you know, are the characters that were in the big arc, fine. But don't have the arc and have its storyline run in the other comic runs that are going on individually at the same time because it just right. fucks everything up and it confuses everything. And like I said with Deadpool, it pisses me off because I'm like, they had a great thing going with Deadpool and him fighting Dracula and everything else. It was great. And then this happens. And I'm like, wait, he's not, you know, saying anything funny really anymore. He's at peace now. He's, uh, you know, he, he's not killing anybody. I honest to God, I've seen less bloodshed and I'm not, I'm not somebody saying I need to see blood and everything else. But when you read Deadpool, it's fucking gory. I haven't seen him do anything like that. He hasn't killed at all. He's like, I'm not going to kill anymore. Oh my God. You're going against everything. Deadpool was as a character. Could you imagine if you weren't reading access and you pick up Deadpool and the next issue, you're like, Whoa, what the hell? Happened? I wasn't as a thing. I wasn't reading access. I picked it up and I'm like, it kicked me right in the nuts. Yeah, it's it's one of those, and that's happened to me before. Why I wasn't reading the main arc that even DC was running, and I picked up. I can't. I wish I could remember what what issue it was, but I picked it up, and I went, "Whoa, what the hell happened? Where where did this come from?" Because it was out of left field. I didn't understand what they were doing. Or maybe right. maybe it was part. Maybe it was something that had to do with Future's End. I don't remember, but it it was out of left field. I'm like, how did this change this quickly? Without, without, and it's usually without notice. It's like think, one issue, see, it's like this, and the next issue, it's something but, completely different. You know, I kind of want to get, start wrapping this up, but you want to know who who is loving this? I think this this types of conversation are independent people. Yeah, because they're like, we don't have these. I mean, we have the crossovers, but we don't, you know, have things to the point where we're fucking up our own storylines. Right, but like take IDW, for example. They have uh, Transformers versus G.I. Joe. But Predator, then Predators and Star Trek. <laughs> but then they've got Transformers. They've got another Transformers comic that has nothing to do with it. Or not Predator. Uh, uh, Planet of the Apes and Star Trek. Right, exactly. And, but then again, and, and again, there's a Dawn of the Planet of the Apes comic from Boom that has nothing that's going to do with that at all. 
It's going to be its its own standalone thing. I love that. Do that. But don't make it change the regular arc that I'm reading now because you're screwing up the writers and you're screwing up the continuity. And I like to have certain things separate from your main arcs. Exactly. But I think that's going to do it for this conversation, James. I think my voice is starting to go because <laughs> my, 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 I've screamed and pounded the table enough my hand hurts. No, there was a lot to talk about. This episode ends episode 39 of Down and Nerdy. brings it to a halt. Again, you can feel free to check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Down Nerdy, at Down Nerdy 757 on Twitter. I'm at Merc with One Arm on the Twitter as well. James. I'm at James Ace with them. That's W-I-T-H-A-M. And, of course, we want to get your fan questions. What we'd love to do at some point is just do a fan forum episode where we're just answering your questions and talking about stuff that you want to talk about. So email us at downandnerdypodcast at gmail.com. And always send a post your questions on the Facebook page as well. And go see Bob at Fantasy Escape Comics and Cards in Virginia Beach, too. Exactly. And as always... Pray safe, comic book green people, always begging board your comics.